0: Hello, and welcome to Cult Fiction, a podcast where we re-examine Hollywood's red-headed stepchildren. Our normal red-headed stepchild, Stephanie Johnson, has the episode off, so in her place, guest-starring for the first time... Mariah Bowell. That's right, and I'm Andy Bowell. And today, we will be pulling back the crypt to review Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Everybody's for the likes of the All right. Yeah. <laughs> As I take a big gulp of beer. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even like beer. No, I don't. So, dear listeners, we'll, I'll, I, I will get this out of the way. This is easily the third worst movie cult fiction has talked about. It, it just manages to slide in above Toxic Avenger and Blood for Dracula. But this was hard, <laughs>
1: I'm so glad I get to
0: join you for the bronze medal. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a you picked a, a low point, which I guess is a good thing. <laughs> a low point. Well, a low episode, oh, low ranking that. episode, which some people say are our best episodes when Appreciate we that. really hate something. <laughs> and you hated this movie.
1: I absolutely, with every fiber of my being, hated this movie. <laughs> Two, okay. To be honest, it was five minutes in, and I think I said it maybe ten times to you while we were watching it. Um, I grew to enjoy it a little more as it was going on, but it was still hot, hot, hot garbage.
0: Absolutely. No, I I completely agree. Um, For those of you who skipped the movie, like you, Stephanie. um... (laughs) Calling her out. (laughs) Rude. Well, let, 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 I'm going to recap it for her, though. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is about a collection of it, it, it extremely stupid <laughs> adult individuals <laughs> whose names don't even matter. Like, for the first time, it, it, it doesn't even matter what the names of these characters are. No. Killer Clowns is about a spaceship full of killer clowns from outer space who come for unknown reasons and wreak havoc upon the incredibly dumb populace of a town for 90 minutes. But Andy,
1: they just want to kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> such a such a terrible line for a really good part of the movie. That was probably, we'll get into it, but that was probably the best part of the movie, honestly.
0: I I would agree. Um, So, this movie does a weird thing where it's so garbage, it's so (laughs) awful, and then it has brief moments that are a grade above garbage, and they wind up looking so much better for it. Yeah. Like... Because we, we walked away with parts we enjoyed.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, namely the parts where the clowns were killing people. The clowns
1: were what made the movie, which thankfully, you know, those are the title aspects of the movie. Right. Every You could have cut out any human interaction and the, the clowns would have just made the entire thing much more enjoyable.
0: I agree. And I think, <laughs> I, well, I think I was even telling you, like, I could see this. I would never want to see a reboot of this. No. Well, I I could see like a series of adult swim, like five minutes or less sketches yeah. where clowns are just killing people. Mm-hmm. And and that I feel like would be enjoyable and be would be worth our time. I mean so so I gotta tell a little bit more like this this movie has main actors, it has main characters, um nobody of Any real note, nobody who like you would recognize, except if you've seen Animal House, like the evil Dean from Animal House is the police chief in Killer Clowns. So that was a fun little connection. Oh,
1: wait, what's his name? His name is John Vernon? John Vernon.
0: Yes. John Vernon, a.k.a. Dean Warner, a.k.a. Officer Mooney, who we actually found out was kind of a prolific voice actor.
1: Yeah, he his voice throughout the movie itself—you could tell was a voice act, like a voice actor's voice. Yes, he was not. Uh, he his voice wasn't subtle <laughs> at all. I think that's the nicest way I could have said it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he. I think I. I don't know the story of how this guy got involved. He he had already had a bit of a career before 1988, when this movie came out. But you could just tell he knew what a flaming piece of shit this was and was cool with it and decided yeah. to just chew the scenery. He decided to go with the flow of absolute crappiness. Right. But beyond that, like, our main characters are um, a couple whose names are Mike <laughs> and Debbie. <laughs>
1: you to be like whose names aren't important because i don't
0: remember they aren't important they truly are not important i don't know
1: how you remembered their names
0: i looked it up (laughs) (laughs) but but that's okay so that's part of the problem with the script for serious like as we were watching the movie which neither of us had ever seen before Mm -mm. um i'm sitting there just trying to hear the main character's names, or any character's names for that matter, so that, you know, I can I can write it down and I can have something to latch on to. And I swear it took about half of the movie mm-hmm. for me, to for them to finally say Mike enough that I understood, oh, the main character's name is Mike. And for that to be the case, it, you need to go and rewrite your script. And...
1: <laughs> there was a lot of things that needed to be rewritten in this movie. Andy. Yes. Um, I agree. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember that was an issue with me too. I just, I'm sitting here waiting for a name to come up to like pinpoint with these people, like, okay, I can, you're this person, you're this person. I don't remember catching that until, like you said, halfway through the movie. And even now, like it was so, it was spoken so few times that, it left my mind. It completely left my mind whose names was whose. The only one I remember
0: is Dave, Officer Dave. Sure, who is like the third part of this really shallow love triangle <laughs> and the third main member of the film. Oh man. And so like, so the we we open on makeout point, mm-hmm. which they don't call makeout point. They call top of the world. That's hot. You know what? The name makes sense, but I don't think they ever like had a sign for "Top of the World" or anything. No. So you just like you, the viewer, you see a out point and then later everybody's calling it "Top of the World" and it's weird. But yeah, <laughs> we open on "Top of the World" and there's a shooting star, which we come to realize is. The alien ship full of killer clowns. A bunch of people see it. A couple of them decide to go and investigate. And so we've got Mike and Debbie. And then we've got this weird farmer guy.
1: He's like, he sounds like a prospector. I don't know. But this man, you can tell they paid him like 25 bucks to do this role. Just to be in it for maybe 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, even if that, like, he's, I don't know, he, I, I wonder if it was his dog. Oh, no. <laughs> it, would be, it would be funny if, if the guy just, like, really wanted his dog to be in a movie and what? decided he would settle for any movie. God. So, yeah, the, another good reason maybe why Stephanie skipped this is this is, like Toxic Avenger, a movie where the dog dies. Oh. Mm, um, way
1: too early.
0: Way too early, but we never actually see it, for what no, that's worth. No, it,
1: it helps. It's just inferred, but you still know. And that makes it so bad. Well,
0: right. It, it, you
1: shouldn't <laughs> kill animals in your movies. That's all I'm saying.
0: I think anyone out there would agree with you.
1: Okay, good.
0: Especially when it is an adorable bloodhound named Pooh Bear.
1: Pooh Bear! Oh, my God. There's... Okay, so... What happens is that, you know, this guy with his dog living in the middle of the woods sees this shooting star thing. So he decides, he gets all excited and wants to go with his dog to check it out. And (laughs) there's this just really sad point where like he, like the, he walks away and the dog just isn't where he left him. And he's like,
0: who?
1: Who bear? And I...
0: Uh, and then he finds the dog's handkerchief and he's like screaming into the night swearing vengeance and then he turns around and there is an eight foot tall clown yes and like we're breaking down this thing very specifically but you can pretty much apply it to any character in this movie the man has the, the man's dog has just gone missing he has expressed rage at this fact turns around, sees an eight-foot clown with a hideously grotesque face. Like, it's not, like, grimacing or anything. It's just a very ugly clown. And he doesn't, he doesn't run screaming, for one thing. He no. doesn't attack the clown.
1: None of these people really... Like, it's almost like it's normal to see a clown that looks like that. Like, they're weirded out that they're there, but they're not scared of them and i'm sorry if i saw that in real life those clowns are not pretty they're kind of scary looking absolutely i don't understand how anybody in this movie looked them in the eye and was able to like stand their ground
0: because that's what the director told him to do and that's like (laughs) that's the only reasoning like i was thinking about it if if this were remade today like you hear killer clowns because it's it's a thing where like the police are talking about all these clown murders and stuff. You hear you hear killer clowns nowadays, you instantly think like serial killer in the woods. Yeah. You you never think alien, you don't even think regular clown, but I mean it's it's just a badly written thing where it's <laughs> like, "Oh, it's a clown," and ignore the fact that it is utterly terrifying and party party what are you gonna do knock my block off <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's just like I, I i feel like we've properly encapsulated the movie but like you know we're gonna dive into it a little bit more i the thing that makes this better than toxic avenger which you did not watch with me. No, I didn't. Or God. Blood for Dracula, which as it happens, you also did not watch with me. Again, thank God. <laughs> this movie had a two million dollar budget. And such a waste. Such a waste. Such a waste. But just just from a like product put in front of you standpoint, that was the thing that saved this movie from being as bad as anything I have ever seen. Like, it had bona fide sets, the sound design was fantastic, it truly was, and, you know, you can't say that about Toxie or Blood for Dracula, so, like, this is why it slides in at third worst. The things that I liked were a lot of the technical aspects, Mm -hmm. and again, they had two million dollars to make that happen, but I don't know... If that's worse, (laughs) like, is it, is it worse to make a really bad movie and you're on a shoestring, yeah, you're on a shoestring budget, or is it worse to make a really bad movie that you were given $200 in, or $2 million in 1988 to achieve? That's obviously
1: worse. I feel like, oh, sorry, that was really loud in your ear. Um, That's really, really bad to me because you had, I mean, okay. To be fair, $2 million is, in movie speak, chump change. Yes. But for somebody's first movie, being given a budget like that, you have potential to do so much with it. And it's obvious that it was all put in their sets. Because I will say that. I will say one thing. The sets were awesome. For the time that this was set and for, um, you know, for that money, like, it looked really good. Especially when you see Inside the cloud Spaceship. That was enjoyable. It was, like, an actual fun house, but, like, obviously scarier.
0: <laughs> right. You ready for me to make this just a little worse? Oh, why? That $200 million...
1: $200 million or $2 million? $2
0: million. I, thank you for correcting me. That $2 million was not spent on the clown costumes. So... What? The, the people who made this movie, who are the Chioto brothers, are actually, like when they're not making garbage movies really great puppeteers and so they were given 2 million dollars to make this movie and they wound up spending it on you know everything else other than the costumes and the masks for the clowns which we can walk away going those were the best parts yeah, yeah. so it's even it's an even bigger thing
1: i wait so they put money into the script
0: well clearly not <laughs> No, I mean they so okay. They this this clearly was shot on a sound stage. And you know, you think so? with, with a couple of exteriors. But
1: okay, I can see what you're saying about that. All right.
0: Cuz a lot of it, even the stuff that's outside felt like sets. The farmer's yeah. house felt yes. like a set.
1: Yes, the woods felt like a set. The
0: makeout point felt like a set.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. So, I didn't think about it until you just said that.
0: Sure. So I mean, you know, I don't. I don't look up a financial breakdown or anything. I don't even know if I could find one. But I did read that you know they were given a two million dollar budget and put it all into all of the other like production costs, so paying for the crew and the cameras and the soundstage and and all of that, and then just like did what apparently they do best by making all of the clown designs.
1: Okay. Well, the clown designs were quite enjoyable. They were definitely freaky-looking clowns. Yes. And it wasn't, like, I don't think they were, like, shoddy jobs for the time being that it was in
0: 1988. No, and I mean, like, so I don't remember when Toxie came out, but I'm, I'm almost positive it was before 88. Like, like this looked better. It just did. And, and something I really honestly did appreciate about the clowns you know these guys could have tried to get away with making three or four distinct clowns and just calling it a day and using camera tricks to make it look like they were more but they actually wound up making like seven or eight or nine distinct looking clowns Mm -hmm. and then you know swapped costumes around and and you know, worked with it that way. But they they made a lot more of these things than I would have expected. And that's really cool.
1: I agree with that. Sorry, this beer is really good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Cult Fiction is not sponsored by... But we wish it were sponsored by Bergkopf Grapefruit Beer, (laughs) which is quite excellent, quite tasty.
1: Sorry, I'm drinking all of it. And it was literally Andy's beer. Like he went to the fridge to get it himself.
0: That's all right. So we talked about what we liked a little bit, and I don't think we're like there's there's very little else that could I fall we could under say that, we like. that could fall yeah that could fall under what we like. There was plenty that we didn't like, and it mostly boils down to it, it. You know, this was the case with Showgirls. This was the case with Blood for Dracula. This is you know we've been doing this long enough now that we're starting to see some themes and parallels. The acting was atrocious.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The best key thing to take away was that one point what oh my gosh, what was he even looking at where he exclaimed
0: Holy. Oh oh um... What was he
1: looking at? Oh no, it was when um it was when the the shadow puppet ate the people. Right. And out of nowhere this dude Mike <laughs> Like the cop that's even with him isn't that scared. He just, the cop is like, oh, wow. Oh my gosh. And you just see Mike goes in front of him and goes, holy shit.
0: And that is not one of our Oscars, but it it could have been because that is up in the pantheon of awful line deliveries. It
1: was like, I wish my words explaining it to you does not bring it any sort of justice. It was the most out of place dramatic exclamation and while like you can understand what he saw was pretty traumatic like in the movie sense it wasn't that it wasn't nearly as worse as other things that could have been and it was just so out of place so unnecessary even the cop was like dude relax
0: yeah holy shit no. Um so so the main guy Mike Kramer he is played by
1: You just had all the names up too. And uh, I scrolled tisk, down.
0: Tisk. Oh, I'm sorry. So Mike Tobacco is the character who is played by a guy named Grant Kramer. And I don't expect anyone to know Grant Kramer. I am wholly unfamiliar with the rest of his career. He was going to be in the sequel until the sequel mercifully got canned. <laughs> I mean, The guy was working as late as 2014, so good for him, I guess. But just a wholly, a wholly bad performance on his part. The same goes for Debbie, who was played by... I don't know why I'm giving such lip service to these actors' names. Debbie played by Suzanne Snyder, who's actually on at least one other movie on the list that we know about. Um... Like, like, she's bad, Dave's bad, Officer Mooney's chewing the scenery. It's just a mess all the way down. The the acting is so bad that we found ourselves waiting for the clowns. Mm-hmm.
1: Every single time they were on, I was like, I would really rather see the clowns at this point. And every time the clowns were on, we very thoroughly enjoyed the scenes that they were in.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I said, that's where this movie works the best is fun, clown-related ways that we can murder you. Yeah. Like, it goes, it, it goes entirely unexplained as to why this is the case, but, you know, these aliens look like clowns. And they've got a bunch of funhouse-related traps and torture devices and stuff. When they capture you, they put you in a cotton candy cocoon. Mm -hmm. Or they've got a gun that shoots popcorn, only the popcorn grows into these weird snake-clown-headed things. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah. (laughs) I won't lie about that. There's the the clown who does the hand puppet scene, where he does all these insane hand puppets like an elephant and then a belly dancer. And then all of a sudden a T-Rex that eats an entire crowd full of hapless dopes who are just watching this the whole time
1: oh another point to just show how poor the acting was these people are sitting at a bus stop and this random eight foot clown comes by terrifying to look at but these people are just like it's a clown and then he just puts his hands up and he does shadow puppets that's what it is yeah he does shadow puppets with his fingers and these are people these aren't like kids these are a group of like one was like Obviously, an elderly couple, a couple like 30, 40 year old adults, like things like that in that group looking at this shadow puppetry with awe. Like, they've never seen something so incredible in their life. And I'm just sitting here, like, what is so special about this? Why are you not terrified that there is a giant clown with the scariest looking face right in front of you? Like, okay, cool. He's doing shadow puppets. That's
0: weird. Walk to a different bus stop, please. (laughs) Absolutely, indeed. And you know what just hit me? So there is one person in the entire town who is scared of these clowns. Besides, you know, our main characters who have that extra brain cell. (laughs) And that's the pharmacist. (laughs) Who... Oh my
1: god. There was like... It was like a 30 second long frame of this pharmacist shivering in fear. But there was no cut to the clown for at least 30 seconds so you're just sitting here seeing this man shiver with his hands over his face <laughs> oh, oh my god <laughs> sir hello <laughs> Such Garbage.
0: yes and, and i mean clearly he was more afraid that they were like trashing his store than the fact that they were clowns because <laughs> clowns aren't scary in this universe oh oh no So the pharmacist guy, this happened a lot. And Mm -hmm. then it also happened with Mike to the point where I could sit there and notice. It was incredibly clear that the filmmakers just pointed the camera at somebody and would be like, "Okay, deliver all your lines and we're going to just cut around it.
1: Yeah, you said that. You said that while we were watching it and I didn't notice it until you pointed it out. And it was very obvious at that point that you could just tell when it would pan back to one character saying their lines you could tell they were saying their lines in succession like just in one shot and then going to the next person and they were doing it and you could tell that they just spliced all of these scenes together to make it sound like a conversation was happening
0: Right, and and anybody with like a little bit of film experience is sitting there going, Andy, duh, of course, that's you know, that's how you do a a thing. That's how you edit a movie. You you film the entire scene from one camera, and then you you know repo and you have them do it again. That's not what I am talking no. about. <laughs> like the 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 biggest offender. There is a scene where Mike meets up with his two idiot friends. The Tanzini, I'm a, I am i do not care to check the Tanzini (laughs) brothers who are these like ice cream salesmen who think that driving an ice cream truck in the middle of the night is going to get them laid. So that's the level of person we're dealing with. There's a scene between the two of them, Mike, where he runs up and he's explaining the killer clowns. And I swear it's like, guys, guys, you got to look out. There's, there's clowns everywhere. And then they say whatever they say. No, 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 stop. Don't give me ice cream. But...
1: No, it's it's more like, guys, guys, there's clowns over there. No, really, you gotta believe me. Yes. Really, they're all the way over there. No, don't look at me like I'm crazy. It's, it's that whole conversation happened, but then on the other side, these guys are like, killer clowns? Nah, man, you're crazy.
0: Exactly, yes. No,
1: what are you talking about?
0: You're exactly right. Yeah. And... <laughs> I mean... So I I don't know how this movie got made. <laughs> Point blank, I don't know how it got made. I don't None know how it know. got made. I know how Toxic Avenger got made. I know how Blood for Dracula got made. I don't know how this one got made. And just like, because where I'm going with this is I'm sitting here being like, okay, maybe they're first time filmmakers, and and they just decide like they didn't know any better, so they did an inexperienced thing like have their actors do all their lines in one take. But that leads me to the question. How did this get made? Why did this get $2 million? I don't
1: know, but that's why it got canned. Yes. Or not it itself, but you said the sequel got canned.
0: Right. So interestingly enough, like this came out in 88 and we were set to get a sequel 25 years later. And it was going to be Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. It was set to release in 2013 until... The Walt Disney Company, who I have issues with of their own, but you know what? They did a solid this time, bought 21st Century Fox, and then shut the film down. They basically said, you're not making a second one of these. So that's... So once again,
1: Disney ruins a movie.
0: <laughs> once again, for, for all the people who enjoyed this movie, all the people who loved this, your dad loves this. He told us that.
1: My dad... We were just casually throwing it around, and my dad goes, Man, I love that movie. I've seen it maybe, what, ten times or something like that.
0: Yes. <laughs> Your dad loves this movie, so, so it is not beyond love. Anyone who loves this movie, blame Disney, because they <laughs> killed the sequel. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> Disney kills dreams.
0: Indeed. And how.
1: And how. So... We need to backtrack, because we've lost our place.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Um, So, this movie, aside from being offensive from an artistic standpoint, in my own personal opinion, also manages to be, like, actually offensive in a couple of different ways. This is one where we're absolutely... Absolutely needing to look back on how Killer Clowns did not age well.
1: Not at all. Social justice,
0: one, two, three. I want to be PC. It's just the way to be for me and you. And some of the ways are more obvious than others. You know, there's, there's a point in the movie where without prompting and for no reason, Mike goes into a racist Native American character yeah
1: like it was the weirdest thing because there was no prompting no i mean it's not like you need a prompt to be offensive like whatever but it was really out of left field
0: right it's like debbie's like park the car and and okay the comment went that way let's let's go into the woods and find out and this guy jumps straight up onto the hood of his car into a crouch and starts just doing this Oh, how we, rah, 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 rah. This this very, I, I don't want to, like, replicate it, but this very offensive Native American chief accent thing.
1: Let's pause for just a second because I want to see if I can find it. So, let's get back to this. I just rewatched a clip just to make sure that
0: uh, which, we were correct with this. Which, what did you type in? Because you instantly found the clip we're talking about. <laughs> no, I
1: looked up Killer Clown's full movie on YouTube.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, and
1: it showed up in... Different parts. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look up the specific racist Indian Native American uh,
0: clip. Well, I wanted to know if anybody else had caught on to this.
1: So he come, He jumps up on the hood of his car and starts being like, hmm, let's see if instinct proves correct. Comet went that way. And it, it was just really weird. And his girlfriend's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And it's going it's to take many moons to get there. Many, many. And he tries to be, like, make it into, like, a sexual joke with his girlfriend where he gets really close to her. And she makes the comment, oh, oh, I'm sure many moons, let's keep going, chief running at the mouth. Like, it was, it's a it was stupid. It was stupid and unnecessary, and it had nothing to do with the movie. There was no prompting for it. It could have been a joke that was landed in some other way. It didn't need to go into some mockery of Native Americans in any way, but it did. And that made it
0: really bad. Right. And like the important thing to keep in mind here, these are the the protagonists and the ostensible heroes of our movie you know there are some times where we'll watch a movie and a villain will say something totally messed up Mm -hmm. and then you kind of get into the question of oh well were the filmmakers trying to you know be satirical by having the bad guy say this completely not the case here just a, a bad look on the 80s and the Chiodos brothers for letting the guy do that or coming up with it
1: i don't know
0: i don't remember where but he also makes a bulimic joke Mm. Like, five minutes later. Does he? Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm glad I missed that then.
0: He, he makes some sort of joke. And so, like, there are obvious moments from the hero, from the protagonist of the film, that are totally offensive and un-okay by today's standards. Yeah,
1: he wasn't a good hero.
0: No. He like, was awful. at all. Besides
1: that, he just wasn't. And
0: maybe that was the point for him to be a jerk. His, I guess. He his character probably- is so... Weird. Maybe
1: that's why Debbie's ex-girlfriend, or girlfriend, Debbie's ex-boyfriend was just macking on her at the end, where he's like kissing the back of her head and rubbing her shoulder. Maybe.
0: (laughs) It was so awkward. (laughs) Um, there's, There's one other thing, which is very nebulous to the point where Mariah and I were... Like, we, we weren't even sure, or we disagreed a little bit about whether or not this was actually a thing. There's a moment very early in the movie where these two college guys are brought into the police station to be thrown into jail. And, you know, the reasoning was they were loitering in the park at night. And these guys are just like, hey man, we were just taking a walk from the college, which is right there, and and you know, we just wanted to, you know, take a walk and and have a, you know, nice night. It's beautiful night out. And they're holding a bottle of wine, and the you know, Officer Mooney, the, the Dean Vernon guy, is very on these guys' case and you know, calls them something to the lengths of scum or degenerates or something and i walk away from it trying to figure out if that was supposed to be homophobic subtext
1: i don't know i i feel like if they were i i understand why you feel that way about that i really do but i feel like if they were going to do that they would have made it a little more blatantly obvious homophobic like i don't feel like with this level of movie they were trying to read between the lines of oh this is home this is homophobia in action no i think it was just the the officer was being a jerk because i didn't feel any sort of like repressed homophobia from him or even there being a homosexual uh, homosexual kind of relationship with the two guys sure it just seemed more like two punk dudes just being delinquents hanging out doing loitering
0: and that's entirely fair i might be just reading way too much into this but it, it felt like right on the line for me
1: it wouldn't surprise me if that's actually how it was though so i'll give you that
0: right don't worry,
1: Dave. All we want to do is kill you. <laughs> what other notes do we have about this movie?
0: Well, I know one thing we can talk about. Like, you know, we 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 said there's very little that we actually still enjoyed about the movie, besides the um, the sound design and the clown design themselves. There's one part of this movie that is just genuinely awesome mm-hmm. you know kind of talked about it a little bit at the beginning and that is the scene where chief mooney gets killed
1: it's quite awesome it's my favorite part i'm pretty sure we watched it like three times we like yeah, rewound it and watched I it three times kept just rewinding
0: to... it just because it's like oh god okay something worth actually watching yeah okay.
1: <laughs> and um it's a point where officer mooney uh, did we even introduce who officer mooney is yeah
0: i, th- I no. think we did
1: well, the you will figure it out if you watch it. But the point <laughs> is, the police chief, um, he gets killed by one of the clowns. Uh, and Dave, the r- kind of rookie officer, comes in to kind of just like check the, uh, the police station out for a bit. He notices some weird footprints all over the walls from clowns in the cell block area. And he sees some um, cotton candy where the two delinquents were that are now covered over the delinquent. So those guys unfortunately died. But then Dave is walking out, but he stops for a moment and sees a clown sitting down in Officer Mooney's desk.
0: Who wasn't there when he walked in. Who wasn't there
1: when he initially walked in. And Officer Mooney slumped over sitting on his lap. And once Dave turns around, Officer Mooney kind of jolts up and you see he has... Uh, makeup in blood on him that makes him look like a marionette doll. So it's it's looking like or not a marionette. um, No, a marionette. It's a marionette? Yeah. Yeah. Like a marionette doll and it's making it look like the killer clown is making Officer Mooney his puppet. And he'll make him talk and say these creepy things while he's sitting on his lap. And one of the things that he says which I find such a terrible line that ruined a little bit this part was just a line where officer Mooney he make the clown makes officer Mooney scooch up a bit and goes don't worry Dave we just want to kill you but the cool part is when the clown takes his hand away from officer Mooney's back it's covered in blood and officer Mooney immediately just slumps over like I'm done I'm lifeless and that was the part that Andy and I were both like okay that was really, really cool. Like, okay. That was probably the coolest kill that we have seen in this entire movie.
0: Without a doubt.
1: Without a doubt.
0: Um, no, yeah. That is like, for for those of you who are who were curious, that, that we just gave you the best part of the movie verbatim. Sorry. Eh, not sorry, because maybe <laughs> it's better that you avoid the rest of this thing. Like, yeah, that's the moment where uh, John Werner really gets to shine i love the blood as like makeup sort of effect that goes on there the fact that the clown literally had his hand up his back it like like okay okay give me more of that and i can at least jive with what this movie is it would have
1: been a little more respectable if you got more creative kills like that
0: absolutely but as it were, it was, you know, it was plot holes and bad delivery all the way down. And yeah, clowns never speak.
1: Oh, oh go sorry. Ahead. I'm looking. No, go no, I don't have the notes. The only note that I have is saying bad eating disorder joke. Bad, bad, bad right <laughs> so I don't remember what the joke is I guess I must have blocked it out yeah, but maybe, apparently it was really
0: bad maybe it's for the best like I don't know the clowns themselves are not any smarter than than any anything and like that was an extra aspect of the movie that was weird to me they're just these they, they kind of chitter a little bit they emote but they they seem no smarter than a human being at the least so it was weird as to why they became such a threat obviously there's the surprise factor but you know beyond that they wound up being incredibly easy to kill you just gotta shoot them in the nose which, which was so random it was so random but i i do kind of appreciate the video game logic of that shoot, shoot the, right in the nose shoot shoot the glowing weak spot mm, i guess there's no explanation given and we're never going to no. get any explanation because... What about
1: Clownzilla? Yeah. Clownzilla, they have a clown god. They do. <laughs> they have clown god that comes down from like the middle of the spaceship and like starts attacking. And all the clowns are scared of it. And it starts attacking people and it's just like, where, what are you talking, where did this come from? And that's
0: like the big set piece. That's the big finale, like boss level clown that gets killed by someone taking a sheriff's badge and popping its nose. Oh
1: my God. This movie is so bad.
0: This movie so bad. This movie kills off three of the five, you know, main characters and then at the very end, like, the clown spaceship explodes. So you, like, you know they're dead. And then at the very end, like, a clown car falls down to the ground, this piece of debris. And not only does Dave, the hero cop who, who tragically sacrificed himself, pop out of it, but then the two ice cream brothers, who we literally watched them explode inside their ice cream truck... And they're like, we hid in the freezer. Hey,
1: (laughs) God, I'm so glad it's done. So, like,
0: (laughs) indeed, indeed. You know, we we were sitting there reflecting. um, From a quality standpoint, I don't think Stephanie would have had any trouble with this movie, (laughs) were it not for the fact that the clowns are admittedly very terrifying. If you happen to have, uh a fear of clowns but like this one this is a movie i had heard about much like toxic avenger this was a movie i'd heard about since i was a child and just had never really taken a moment to sit down and watch you know it wasn't on i I didn't put it on at 1 a.m when i was 12 and enjoy it like so many people must have but this wasn't scary
1: no, this it wasn't scary. It it was the scariest aspect was looking at the clowns close up, right? Um, when they were ha- they had a few close up frames, but nothing was terrifying about it. There weren't any jump scares. There wasn't anything that was really that unsettling, other than like that little marionette part. But that was like more cool unsettling. No, it wasn't a scary movie at all.
0: It wasn't scary. I don't think it was particularly funny. But Mariah, would you consider this movie to be cult?
1: What are the standards for that again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've got, you know, the, a cult movie has to have a certain financial threshold that it does not meet. It has to be quotable. It has to be, it can be so bad it's good.
1: Yes, I will say it is. I'll say it is because I, as my, as my, as much as I have never seen the movie myself before watching it with you, I definitely knew that it was, there was a following of this movie. Like I've heard all about it ever since I was young, c- growing up. I knew that this was a movie that people loved to hate. Right. Um, and even just love to love in general. But I would say it's cult. I would say <laughs> when I was looking up, um, the IMDb, I was looking at kind of quotes, just kind of refresh my memory. And the first quote that came to mind is the one that we've been talking about this whole time. The, the holy shit!
0: Which, it belongs to be up there with, oh my god! <laughs> it's that good. And it's bad. so dramatic.
1: But, yeah, you know what? Yes, I will say that this deserves to be, to have its
0: cult status. I would agree. You know, this movie clearly has a following this movie nearly inspired a sequel it has inspired multiple attractions at universal's halloween horror nights Mm -hmm. um it is quotable for all of the wrong reasons we haven't even talked about the song oh no This movie has a theme song
1: and now it's honestly left my entire brain but it was really cool
0: yeah, it was like, actually really enjoyable. It was like Carnival electric guitar. I yeah. Mean, you, you, yeah. <laughs> you heard it at the beginning, listener. Talk, for, for any of you, if anyone else out there is a finance nerd like I am, I don't actually know, um, but this movie did bomb. You know, We've discussed at length its $2 million budget. It wound up making less than $900,000 in its actual box office release. Oof. But... Like Showgirls and like, um, you know, so many other movies, it was saved by Blockbuster and mm. by Home Rental. Okay. Because this is the kind of movie that you pull off a shelf and go, yeah. yeah, okay, that title gets me.
1: Yeah, it's cheesy movie night. Let's go.
0: Exactly.
1: Let's put on some popcorn. That's what I did. I asked you to make some popcorn and we watched it you did. within two nights. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sit
0: through it two nights with one night. Right. And while, while we're just talking about Cult, the last thing that is fascinating, I guess, um, the fact that this movie inspired one of your favorite band's names.
1: Chiodos. If your stomach
0: feels weak, then the we'll work with... <laughs> Chiodos. Which we, like, we never knew, but like the the post what, what would you call it post hardcore
1: like the post hardcore scene
0: yeah yeah so post hardcore you know. rock metal whatever band chiodos was inspired by the chiodos brothers and specifically chiodo killer clowns brothers. it is chiodos brothers
1: chiodo brothers
0: chiodos
1: chiodos brothers since when their last name is chiodo
0: well now i gotta double check i have to be correct about this oh my bad you're right
1: I'm always right. When
0: you're right, you're right. Happy wife, happy life. The Chiodo <laughs> Brothers inspired the band Chiodos. Chiodos. And specifically because of this movie. And when I think about Craig Owens, that doesn't actually surprise me. <laughs> Why? Because you know he was in the midst oh. of his serious drug abuse days when he watched this movie. And oh, was probably. like That's the band name. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably
1: absolutely
0: so and beyond that you know we didn't interrogate your dad but kind of wish we did i kind of wish we did now like this is a movie that your dad and you know several other people saw multiple 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 times so this yeah. this had appeal much in the same way as toxic avenger i didn't enjoy it any more than that movie but it's cult that
1: it is my friends.
0: absolutely so, you already said your favorite quote. Yes, I did. Holy shit. Which is just a good thing to think about for this movie as a whole. Um, that was the main one I took away with, but they this movie also did do the thing where they say the title. At one point, Mike was like, we gotta stop the killer clowns from outer space. And I was like, eh. <laughs> you said the thing. <laughs> oh, you did the thing. You said the thing.
1: The thing was done.
0: Absolutely. Um, so... You know, I I know you listen to our shows, and this isn't new information for anybody else, but for every episode of Cult Fiction, we like to take these poor movies, these these movies that were maybe uh, thrown aside and forgotten about and certainly didn't get as much recognition as they deserve, uh, and we like to give them their own Oscars. So, without any further ado, I would like to give... Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the Oscar for Best Cameo from Your Father. There Can is a you scene, explain? absolutely. <laughs> there is a scene towards the end where everybody goes to this um, this amusement park that has a clown fun house, and it just so happens the clown spaceship is also there. And they pull up, and there is a security guard who, as soon as we saw him, I looked at you and went, "It's your dad," and you agreed. You're so
1: stupid. (laughs) But yes, he looks I wouldn't say exactly like my father, but he looks like a much like an older version of my father.
0: Yes. Who is then um melted with pies Pies. acidic pies that he gets like a hundred of them thrown at him and he melts to death.
1: At first we didn't even understand how and I know we're going off topic here but at first I didn't even understand how he died. Cause all you see is just a bunch of pies being thrown at him and he just stands there like nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then he kind of just slowly falls to his knees and you're sitting here like, okay, was, can you breathe? Like, is, are you suffocating? And What's then, happening? Then
0: you see he's melted into a pile of bones. Yeah. So, so sorry, dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what?
0: So your turn.
1: Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, oh man. My Oscar goes to, it's actually not a best, but it's a worst, so I guess it's
0: a Razzie? It's its fitting that, you, you know what, maybe we're going to make this a thing. Any guest star doesn't give an Oscar, they give a Razzie. Okay. I like it.
1: Perfect. Then my Razzie goes to the worst name for a dog that dies in a movie. Aww. I'm sorry, I'll never get over the fact that this dog's name is Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear! That is traumatizing. <laughs> that poor, sweet, innocent dog that had nothing to do with anything, who ended his life by clown, did not deserve to have the name Pooh Bear. That is an injustice, and I will not stand for it.
0: Here, here. Fair enough.
1: Here, here. Cheerio.
0: <laughs> well, Mariah. Well, have you, Andrew? Listen. <laughs> I could sit here and call you Baby or any other pet name, but when the mic's on, we have a level of professionalism we're going to meet. Okay,
1: as I'm literally draped over your body, like, lying over the
0: couch. Hey. <laughs> I know you didn't like the movie, but did yeah. you like coming on and talking about it with me? Oh,
1: yeah. This was enjoyable. And you know what? I hated the movie, but, like, I, I did exactly what I'm talking about, like, with these people I hated. I loved to hate it, and I kind of hated to love it. Like it was, it was one of those. I don't regret seeing it, but it was garbage. Ooh, I'm glad. <laughs> but I enjoyed talking about it, and I enjoyed being here. You know, talking with you, like nothing, just having a conversation. This was nice.
0: I'm glad you think so. I would have assumed you'd regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm very glad, and you were a champion and an absolute trooper filling in for Stephanie. Um, and now we come to the part of the show where we find out if Stephanie's coming back, because there are, <laughs> there are several other movies on our list that she uh, proclaimed some hesitance to watch, but you know, on Cult Fiction we pick the next movie by using a random number generator, for our list of 316 cult films.
1: And I know you can't see it, but I'm the third-party arbitrator making sure that this is legal and correct and Absolutely.
0: Um, I do not game the system. I have never gamed the system. I did this for fun earlier, and I got Highlander, and I got really excited, but then I, I realized, ah, I just burned my chance to watch Highlander. So. doo 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 We have 316 films and we are on 125. Yeah,
1: 125 out of 316, you said? Yep. So, what's that one? You want to say it? What is it? Where are you seeing it?
0: So, 125 is um, a horror comedy coming a year before Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and it is Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame Peter Jackson's Bad Bad taste. Taste. So I know nothing about this film other than it is a New Zealand independent film oh. that like got um, Peter Jackson his recognition as a filmmaker. I've heard it is somewhat graphic and gory. Oh.
1: So. so Stephanie, are you going to enjoy this?
0: I, I I feel like she's going to be okay. Okay. And w- she's not in the be loop. Careful. She's not in the loop. So we have no way of like warning her ahead of time. So. Well, we'll give her a text afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so listeners, we, we only sometimes do a plot recap, but it's important. I'm sitting here looking at bad taste Wikipedia and the plot line sees aliens invade the fictional New Zealand village of Kaiharo to harvest humans for their intergalactic fast food franchise so very much like killer clowns from outer space yeah
1: i guess so we'll have fun there's no clowns though so definitely no you're not missing out
0: there's just a very offensive looking alien flipping off the camera in the movie poster offensive looking Ooh. Uh, offensive looking? offensive is the wrong word but just weird he's looking. toting a gun he is toting a gun
1: is that a tommy gun
0: that's an ak-47 that It's
1: an ak oh it looked like a tommy gun from
0: over here like with the little round barrel thing but yeah.
1: nope i guess i'm just blind
0: okay um so that's all for this edition of cult fiction
1: <laughs> i like you're kind of ending it like you seem traumatized
0: well, to be perfectly honest, I'm not used to saying this part, oh. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember what she says. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just throw
1: everything off whack, apparently.
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, that's all for this edition of Cult Fiction. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can rate, follow, and review us on iTunes. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Cult Fiction Cast. And, you know, we would love a follow. We would love a review. If, uh, if you enjoyed having Mariah on, we'd love to hear that. If you don't want to give us a five-star review, uh, give us whatever review. And, you know, if it's a bad one, maybe talk to us personally about it. Um, but we would love to hear your feedback and hear how you're enjoying the show. So with all that said...
1: So we'll close the crypt for now.
0: But join us next time as we watch 1987's Bad Taste and Think of Hobbits. I'm Mariah Bowell. And I'm Andy Bowell. Bye. Bye. I'm
1: Mariah Mora. Oh, my God whoa take two <laughs> i love you i'm so sorry i love you i'm in love with you
0: i'm in love with you <laughs> gonna be a treat to pick which these to put in the blooper <laughs>